1: were coming in last night. I was analyzing them and analyzed them again after the show. Reviewed them again this morning. I thought this through and I'll give it my best shot. I am, after all, the cleanup hitter. All the others come before and some very, very good hosts too, but I'll use my experience and tell you what I'm thinking about this. And by the way, a year ago, A year ago yesterday, Donald Trump was elected President of the United States. So before we get into the weeds, before we get into the the good, the bad, and the ugly, Mr. Producer, I don't have the list in front of me. Would you go to the very last three-minute audio that I sent you? Go.
2: Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in
3: 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, Look
4: at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign
5: check now on
4: behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is
6: surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke.
7: (laughs) Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown?
5: Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump... You know he's a clown, but likely moderator, but yeah. apparently, apparently believes that Donald Trump is a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election?: Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump) <laughs> President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end.
6: Beginning of the end. This is probably starting of the beginning of the end
5: for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency.
4: The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room.
6: So right now, we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can
5: look at. Has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38 in a four-way race?
2: Clinton leading in Florida. Clinton leading in North Carolina. Clinton leading in Ohio. Clinton leading
5: in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president.
6: And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say you're not going to be president. All right. It's been fun. It's been great.
5: I love you. But, but, come on. Come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's CNN I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky and Indiana with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota uh, with its three electoral votes. And South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes. Nebraska
7: with its five electoral votes. And Wyoming with its three electoral votes. For, for, sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell
1: you. Isn't that great? That's from MRC TV, an old one, but a good one. So let us remember how many times we've been written off. Let us remember how many legislatures the Republicans control. Let us remember how many governorships the Republicans' control. We lost the governorship in New Jersey, the Chris Christie seat. Did anybody expect the Republican to hold that seat? The Democrats held their Virginia seat. Virginia is now a blue state. They slaughtered the Republicans in these assembly races, but as of right now as I speak, the assembly the House of Virginia is 51 to 49. So there will be challenges for provisional votes and so forth. That's as of now. I don't put smiley faces on things. I don't put frowning faces on things. I try to analyze. So let's get started. What united the Democrats was not the lousy lieutenant governor who was running. What united the Democrats is their hate for Trump. You heard it. Their hate for Trump has never subsided. In fact, it's gotten worse. That's what united the Democrats. The Republicans were not united. I want you to remember, Trump lost Virginia by 5% against Hillary Clinton in 2016. Those who say that Ed Gillespie, an establishment Republican, should have run like Trump. Well, nobody can run like Trump, but Trump Trump is the top Trump guy as far as I know and he lost by 5%. So it makes no sense to say Ed Gillespie should have run like Trump and therefore he would have won or he he would have won over Trump voters and so forth and so on. I don't know that to be true at all, given that Trump lost Virginia while he was winning many other states. Ed Gillespie lost by 9%. 9%. But in 2013, when Ed Gillespie was running four years ago for the Senate, he lost to Mark Warner, then considered a popular Democrat incumbent, by 0.08%, by less than 1%. That's just four years ago. And he wasn't running as a Trump candidate because there was no Trump at that point. In 2013, in Virginia, in the gubernatorial race... Ken Cuccinelli, an unabashed, unequivocal conservative, constitutional conservative, lost to Terry McAuliffe by 2.6% of the vote, and he did not get the support of the Republican establishment. What does all this mean? It means that Virginia has become a blue state. What else does it mean? We're going to get into that. Trump's popularity in Virginia was very low, 40%. The Democrat turnout was almost 10% higher than the Republican turnout. Trump ran as a full-fledged Trumpster in 2016. He lost the primary in Virginia. He lost the general election in Virginia. So I'm hearing this Corey Stewart and others go on and on about uh, if he'd embraced Trump stronger, and run like Trump, he might have won and so forth. Well, that's clearly unknown, and very unlikely. The demographic problem is this. Northern Virginia is very heavily populated in the state. And it's heavily populated by federal employees, federal contractors, lobbyists. It's heavily populated by immigrants from Maryland and D.C., mostly Democrats, as well as immigrants from overseas, many of whom become citizens or whose children have become citizens. The national Republicans in Congress, they have failed us. This has an impact in terms of Republican turnout, inspiring Republicans to vote. Many people throw up their hands and say, what's the point? Whether you agree or not, that's the consequence. They said they would repeal Obamacare. They did not repeal Obamacare. They said they would truly slash taxes. Their plan now does not truly slash taxes unless you're a corporation. This is a disgraceful tax plan that creates an upper bracket, among other things, threatens people proper their, their your average person's property tax deductions and so forth. They said they would seal the border; they've not sealed the border. So the failure of the National Republicans to actually, you know, do what they said they would do to support the president in these areas where conservatives. And the President, agree, has hurt the Republican Party and has had consequences, I believe, in the states, as it did in this last election. I don't know what's going to happen in 2018. I can tell you this, if the Republican Party doesn't get their act together and start advancing a conservative agenda. I don't mean the President on his own. I mean the Republican Congress. They could well lose the House, and I fear fear they might. Because they have nothing to run on. The same promises they ran on last election cycle. I hear Newt Gingrich saying, if they don't pass this tax bill, they're doomed. Ladies and gentlemen, if they do pass this tax bill, they're doomed. It is a tax bill that hurts people. It is not a conservative, pro-growth, across-the-board tax cut. It's not tax reform. I don't care how they dress it up. And if the Republicans lose the House, the President will be impeached. Absolute disaster. The Republicans could lose the Senate or have only modest gains, despite the fact there's a huge number of Democrats and Democrat seats that are up for election and re-election. But they haven't fired up the base because they haven't done butkus. There's the problem of an extremely hostile media. CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times, many of the local papers where you live, extremely hostile, out-of-the-closet, partisan, hate-filled against Trump, and even Republicans. Although they promote people like Bob Corker, Jeff Flake, John McCain, and others. And let me be very clear about this. The progressive wing of the Republican Party, represented by those who I just mentioned, even though they pretend to be real conservatives, is undermining the president and undermining conservatism. And I might go further. They actually are undermining the country. The Never Trumpers, many of whom are former Bush staffers, and the Bushes themselves, they are delighted by last night's results in Virginia. Don't pretend otherwise. They want to be proven right, regardless of the impact on the Republican Party, regardless of the impact on the country. They want to be able to say, I told you so. Because their egos are out of control. They don't put America first, they put themselves first. You know, Ben Shapiro wrote something and it caught my attention and and, and he articulated what I've been thinking for a long time now as well, which is Donald Trump is not about a political movement. He's not about a political philosophy. He's a power unto himself. He's a charismatic figure. He speaks to a lot of people. He speaks to a lot of people. He's not a philosophical conservative, but he's not a philosophical nationalist populist, whatever that is. Even though he's persuaded to hang a portrait of Andrew Jackson in his office. The fact of the matter is Donald Trump is doing a lot of conservative things. Not because I think he does them based on a philosophical belief system. But he believes they're right. Which is a good thing. People come to their belief systems, their values, whether early in life, midlife, late life, for whatever the reason. And I've said many, many times I've been very pleased and surprised by a lot of what Trump has done. He's the most conservative president we've had since Reagan, so far. More so than the Bushes, no question in my view. But he's not about a movement. There are people trying to project their own belief systems on him, their own ideologies on him, trying to create a political force on top of him. In the end, it won't work. In the end, it won't work. The people who elected Donald Trump are conservatives. I grew up with these people. Some of them are Reagan conservatives. Some of them are just old-time Democrats. People who are religious. They believe in the Second Amendment. They want immigration put under control. They believe in a strong military. They love their fire departments. They love their police departments. They have conservative values. They work hard every day, whether they're union or non-union, whether they're white-collar or blue-collar, and many of them. Are attracted to Donald Trump. As they were attracted to Ronald Reagan. And that's a good thing. But that's not a nationalist populist movement. It's part of the conservative family of ideas and beliefs on which this nation was founded. And why am I bringing this up? Because there's way too many self-appointed individuals. Whether they're on TV, radio, on websites. Who seem to think this is all about them. Whose egos are way out of control. Who seem to promote themselves and claim that they're, support, they're promoting the American people. Or they're promoting liberty or they're promoting Donald Trump. They're not. They're not. And they will be proven to be false prophets as time goes on. I want to continue my analysis. I have to take a break. So we'll be right back. Mark
3: Levin.
1: The problem now, ladies and gentlemen, is the Republican Party will get exactly the wrong message from this. And it will start to move left. It will start to move left. Did John McCain win the presidency? Did Mitt Romney win the presidency? When have we ever won major elections by moving left? I'm quite serious about this. Virginia's not Michigan. It's not Wisconsin. It's not Pennsylvania. It's not Ohio. It's Virginia. The makeup of the population in terms of the source of income is different. But here's the problem. The Republicans got blown out in the suburbs. The Republicans can't win if they keep getting blown out in the suburbs, even the ex You can't trade the suburbs for blue-collar neighborhoods. You need them both. And that's the genius of the conservative philosophy. It's with conservative principles and values and beliefs properly articulated, linking them to everyday lives that wins you presidential elections, governorships, state houses. It's not ideological balkanization. It's not a war between populations. The way you appeal to the suburbs, the way you appeal to blue-collar America is the way you appeal to all of America. More on this when I return.
5: Mr. Trump will not be president. I don't think he'll end up being president of the United States.
8: Will he win the general
7: election? I don't believe so, no. I don't think there's any way that Donald Trump gets elected president of the United States.
0: Tomorrow night, I think when Hillary Clinton uh, wins, that Donald Trump will have lost this election from the
9: very first day he announced. Donald Trump will have been kept from the White House by a big, beautiful brown wall. <laughs>
4: Clinton has 274 in the lean Republican or solid Republican. So something
7: has to flip. Kentucky, where Fox News can project that Donald Trump will prevail, picking up eight electoral votes. Trump will also win Indiana.
4: If he could get a
7: North
6: Carolina, that would be huge. Donald Trump has won the state of North Carolina.
5: Donald Trump will carry the state of North Carolina. But if he loses Florida, it's over.
7: Donald Trump will win the state of Florida. Donald Trump will carry the state. State of Florida. Donald Trump will take Ohio. He has won. Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. Hillary Clinton's lead over Donald Trump has dwindled. Iowa will go to Donald Trump. He would have to pick off either Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin. Pennsylvania has just been called for Donald Trump. Something has to flip. Donald Trump has won the state of Wisconsin
5: faces uh, at this uh, at this viewing party here. Pennsylvania this really just wiped away Clinton's chances of reaching the White House.
9: The crowd has been waiting for the last 45 minutes
5: for that call Wolf the scene here is so different than it was a few hours ago. Hillary Clinton conceded on the phone Donald Trump elected president of the United
1: States.
9: why aren't I 50 points ahead?
1: Well there you go. A year ago yesterday, Trump was elected president of the United States. A year ago today, I'm sorry, a year ago today, and the left is still going nuts. They look like fools. And their base turned out big time in Virginia, which is a blue state now. Blue governor replaced with a blue governor. Two blue senators, and they're all lightweights, by the way. They're all truly lightweights. Almost took the state house. This is a big problem for those of us who live here because they will ramp up our taxes, they will attack the Second Amendment, they will expand Medicaid, they will do all the things that have destroyed so many states on the far west, the northeast, New England, and all the rest. They're like locusts, these leftists. As I've said many times, they move into these red states and they eat them up and poop them out. They turned them into little blue states. And Donald Trump lost Virginia last time he ran. And he didn't need Virginia. But there are a lot of warning signs out there. There's a lot of warning signs out there. And I, I want you to take a look at the two ends of the media spectrum. We had the Praetorian Guard media, the Democrat Party left-wing media. They are on constant attack. Every day, all the time. They make up stories. They give voice to leaks from Democrat members of Congress, leaks from the FBI, leaks from the NSA, leaks from Russia. And they want Trump destroyed. Issues aside, they don't like the guy. They wanted four more years of Barack Obama to seal once and for all their massive progressive agenda. That's what they wanted. Donald Trump's elected president. Donald Trump is not a nationalist populist. Donald Trump was always a trade protectionist, even when he was a Democrat, even when he was a Reform Party member, and now is a Republican. It's not ideological with him. To him, it's common sense. Now, to me, it's not common sense, but that's not my point. I'm not analyzing me. I'm analyzing him. To him, it's common sense. He's not sitting there saying, I'm a nationalist populist. A matter of fact, When is the first time he's ever said, I'm a nationalist populist? In fact, he said he's conservative more times than not. But he's not a philosophical conservative either. He comes to his belief system late in life, thank goodness, on most issues, on the conservative side. He's become a more religious man. He understands. Judges now. Judges. Left-wing activist Obama judges have conducted themselves in a rogue manner to try and undermine his legitimate constitutional duties as President of the United States, as relates to, to, among other things, immigration. He sees firsthand, common sense, what activist left-wing judges do. So what does he want to do? He wants to put constitutionalists on the court. It's not ideological with him. It's common sense with him. He sees their hard-working Americans all over this country losing their jobs or their jobs being replaced by aliens coming into this country legally and illegally, whether you agree with them or not. He looks at that and he says, this has to stop. He believes in law and order at the border. What does he say? He says what the Israelis say and every other government says. We need to have physical barriers on the southern border. It's not enough to have drones. It's not enough that warning systems. It's not enough to have an undermanned border patrol. You need physical barriers. That's common sense. It's not ideological or philosophical. In terms of repealing Obamacare, if they had given Trump a straight-out repeal, he would have signed it. If they would give Trump an across-the-board Reagan-style tax cut, he'd sign it. He'd sign it, not because he's a constitutional conservative or a nationalist populist, but because Trump is Trump. And we have all these little guys running around pretending they're Trump, all these little guys running around trying to redefine Trump, all these little guys running around trying to project their own ideological idiosyncrasies or belief systems onto Trump. He's not them. He's him. He's him. He has his own strengths and his own weaknesses. But he was elected President of the United States. But I am saying, if we go along with this this really small ideological movement that is insisting that we trade the suburbs for blue-collar communities, we are going to get slaughtered. Because we need both, as conservatives and republicans. We need both. We need the suburbs and blue-collar communities. And Reagan showed us how to do it. He ran on beliefs and values, traditions, that cut across those lines. That cut across those lines. Blue-collar America and suburban America, and by the way, they overlap. In some cases, they're, they're the same people. They want tax cuts. They want less regulations. They want judges who are going to follow the rule of law. They don't want faith in the religion attacked. They don't want uh, the, the, the Supreme Court nationalizing issues of marriage and all the rest. They want a strong military. They love their local police force. They love their local firefighting department. They want law and order. They want to see the debt brought down. They want to see the military build up. These are our values, our traditions. They're tired of our institutions being attacked. These are issues that resonate with blue-collar America and suburban America. Blue-collar America and suburban America. That's the genius, the brilliance of conservative principles. It's about Americanism. It's about Americanism. What has made this country great today, what made this country great yesterday, will make this country great tomorrow. It's not about new ideologies. It's about taking old principles and applying them to modern circumstances. Now, I expect the left-wing media to be the left-wing media. I remember what they did to Ronald Reagan and every other Republican president and candidate. Although in the case of Trump, it quite frankly is more brutal. It just is. You want to know why? Because Trump has taken on the media specifically. He calls them out. He identifies them. He defines them. And I want to thank him for doing this. I want to thank him for calling out the media monopoly on the left, the Praetorian Guard. Whereas Republicans like Corker and Flake and McCain played to the Praetorian Guard media by trashing conservatives. And if they weren't trashing Trump, they'd be trashing Cruz. And if they weren't trashing Cruz, they'd be trashing some other conservative. But now I want to talk about the conservative media. And I use that as a broad term, conservative. Conservative. Too many in the conservative media, not all, are too busy pandering and flip-flopping and abandoning Americanism and Republicanism. Little are Republicanism, not the Republican Party, Republicanism. And they've been counterproductive and they've been destructive. They really have nothing to advance. They really have no... Ideas that the vast majority of Americans, even a majority of Americans, will embrace, endorse, support. They just like throwing turds in the swimming pool. That can be fun. It'll get people's attention. And and I find the left media promotes this kind of pseudo-conservative media. Because they know it's destructive. They know it's a distraction. Ronald Reagan won two massive landslides, popular vote, electoral college vote, without without most of the conservative media. There was very little conservative media. How did he do this? With ideas, with arguments, and then success stories. Donald Trump has a couple of things going against him. The Republican majority in Congress is one of them. They are really appalling. Absolutely appalling. The leadership in the Republican Party in Congress, you know, I thought when we got rid of Boehner it would improve. It has not improved. I've been on this this mission to remove McConnell. The Johnny-come-latelys and the backbenchers are now finally joined me. The guy is dug in through the arcane system that they have in leadership in Congress, he's dug in. And the uh, Roman Senate is backing him. Regardless of what the American people want. Regardless of the fact that he's despised within his own party. Doesn't seem to matter. Doesn't seem to matter. You know, the old formula actually works. The old formula about the different legs of the Republican Party, conservatism as well, fiscal, social, and national security. Now you can break them into other pieces, don't get me wrong, and I have in my books and I've discussed them as well, but essentially the old formula works. Fiscal conservatism, social conservatism, traditional national security conservatism. That's how you tap into blue-collar America That's how you tap into the suburbs. But when you're a party that is confused about your own identity, a transgendering party, if you will, it doesn't know what's between its legs. It focuses on what it wants to be between its legs, if you will. It's in chaos. The fact of the matter is The Tea Party showed the Republican Party the way. The Tea Party took out 1,000 legislative Democrats and replaced them with Republicans. The Tea Party dislodged Nancy Pelosi as Speaker and put the Republicans in power in the House. The Tea Party dislodged Harry Reid as the Senate Majority Leader in 2014 and put the Republicans in power. The remnants of the Tea Party elected Donald Trump president as well as the Senate and House majorities and maintained the huge legislative and gubernatorial Republican majorities throughout the states. Not a new movement, not a new ideology. Men and women all across this country, whether they lived in the suburbs or blue-collar America, whether they were lawyers or doctors or plumbers or electricians or steel workers or coal workers, coal miners. The Tea Party. A spontaneous movement which people are trying to take credit for. People are trying to jump in front of the movement and redefine it. That's not how movements work. Movements either are or are not. Forces either are or are not. Claiming them, projecting them. Is a fool's errand. I got to take a break. I'll be right back.
3: Much lovin'.
1: By the way, here's the good news: conservatives and Republicans. The Republicans will follow the conservatives. We can destroy the Democrat Party. It is so radical. It is so destructive of health care, of the border, and so forth and so on. We still have a chance. Not if we move left. Not if we chase bizarre ideologies. Not if we take the wrong message out of this election. We can, we can crush this party, the Democrat Party. And I'll explain that the next hour. They have moved so far left. They talk about fundamentally transforming America. The Democratic Party has fundamentally transformed itself into a radical leftist European party. Not one penny. That's how much funding Hillsdale College receives from the government. Not even indirectly in the form of student loans or grants. Not one penny. The vast majority of colleges receive around 30% of their revenue from government funding, loans, and grants. That makes them dependent on the government and taxpayers like you and me to stay in business. In contrast, Hillsdale refuses every penny of government funding. Why? Because money from the government comes with strings attached. Do's and don'ts, restrictions and mandates that dictate how a school operates and educates. But from the beginning, in 1844, Hillsdale has provided a world-class education that upholds America's founding principles and preserves the blessings of civil and religious liberty. Everything Hillsdale does, from the financial aid 97% of its students receive to the completely free online course it offers, depends on generous donors who recognize the worth of independence. Not one penny preserves the integrity of a Hillsdale education. Not one penny ensures that Hillsdale can continue to be a beacon of independence for all of its students across America. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, I'm not a Pollyanna. I've never been a Pollyanna. But here's the point. We are running out of time. The demographics are changing. People are being imported into this country, many of whom don't speak English. So they have no ties, no connections to American history. And those who want to learn about American history, where do they go? To our public schools, to our colleges and universities, to our media. What do they teach them about American history? To hate America. To hate what makes America great. To hate Americanism. To reject religion. To embrace progressivism. To embrace big government. To expect, as a matter of right free health care, free education, free this and free that. Time is of the essence, time is short, but we have a great opportunity, we have a great opportunity to strike a blow against the left in the coming elections if we do what we need to do and I will explain that next hour, I'll be right back.
10: lightning round if trump wins how about bursting into tears and screaming for the next 45 minutes
5: Well, america is crying tonight i'm not sure how much of america but a very very significant portion And i mean literally crying
9: everybody is crying and so upset and it is the end of their world it feels like the end of the world we were on a uh, lifetime last night and i was uh, slowly getting drunk is what happened to me how do we explain how this is possible how did this happen Experienced politician versus racist fake gynecologist. Get your abortions now, because we're going to be and we're going to have to live with it. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead, and you haven't gone to hell. This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country.
4: This is a different earth yeah. today than it was
2: 24 hours ago. It's a different place uh because it just is different. The woman who President Obama
9: called the most qualified person ever to run for the White House couldn't break through. The question remains, who can?
10: Deeper concerns tonight that the world's shining light of democracy has gone dark. Decency lost
4: last night, and that's what's so uh, hurtful about this. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was
8: a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. I kind of push back against the advancement of African-Americans,
6: of Hispanics, of women, of
5: Muslim-Americans. It is a, a mourning moment for, for those people, uh, and it is, a, it is a moment filled with fear. Because I'm on this network, and people know my attitudes about things. They come up to me, and they're scared,
2: depressed, despair, desperate even. Uh, almost clinging to me. It was
9: a rough night for everybody, I think. Um, We're worried. The people are worried. You know, okay, he's the president. Now
10: what? It feels like we're trying to avoid the apocalypse and half of the country is voting for the asteroid.
3: Is there a doomsday plan for a time like this?
5: Am I right to ask about a doomsday plan? Do you see this as a doomsday scenario? So if Donald Trump is democratically elected and your son is serving as a Marine, you wouldn't trust his life under that commander-in-chief? And Kane said... I wouldn't. That's a pretty extraordinary thing to say. Uh, If you have a son in the Marine Corps and that you don't trust the commander in chief, the people in the military defend the Constitution.
10: I can't put, I I cannot put uh, uh, a, I can't put a happy face on that.
6: And and that's my job. This is the first time
7: throughout this entire race where I'm officially my pants. (laughs) I I genuinely do not understand how America can be this disorganized or this hateful. How do you govern when your whole campaign was built on the hatred of somebody else? From slavery to, you know, Nazism, we have faced challenges before to who we are as a people.
9: Plus the Supreme Court, who knows where that's going to go. So the only checks and balances we have are us, the view. How are you supposed to be out of here?
2: the best ad campaign the best ground game this is a shot against meritocracy i think because she merited everything the normal way you standardize these things she did what she was supposed to do to win you know she was hillary
9: clinton the most qualified candidate the best suited for the job the best temperament now we're hearing not a good candidate history is put on hold yet again we have no idea who won and to cover our bases we take two different show opens first up Here's the outcome I'm hoping for. Hillary Clinton is the next president of the United States. But just in case the unthinkable has happened and Donald Trump is our new president, the show open
7: would look something like this.
1: All right, that's oh, enough. We got hello. It. We got it. We got it. We got it. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Those people do not represent America. That's why I've been playing this, playing other cuts, what happened before the election, during the election, after the election. They have nothing to do with America except they have platforms. Platforms. I want to repeat I want to repeat a a few figures to you. Gillespie lost to Warner in the Senate race by 0.08% in 2013, four years ago, less than 1%. And Warner was considered unbeatable. That same year, and he's establishment Republican, constitutional conservative Cuccinelli almost beat McAuliffe. He lost by 2.6%. That's 2013. In 2016, Donald Trump lost in Virginia to Hillary Clinton by 5%. Donald Trump also lost the Republican primary in Virginia to Marco Rubio. So those who say that Gillespie should have run like Trump and embraced Trump and so forth and so on, it's not at all clear that would have helped him. It may not have helped him at all. Trump ran as Trump and he lost. I'm just spelling out the facts. And then Gillespie lost last night by 9% an establishment Republican. So that's what's happened. That's the history of these elections. And uh, I hear some of these guys going around saying uh, he lost because he didn't run like Trump. You see, these issues are a little more complex. They're a little more complex. And I want to talk about the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party also has very, very high negatives. In the last ten years, the Democrat Party has lost governorships across the country. They've lost state legislatures across the country by historic numbers. For ten years, due to conservatism, due to the rise of the Tea Party, due to traditional conservatism, The Democrat Party is extremely vulnerable, but for the fact that the Republican Party is incompetent and without principles. The Tea Party, the grassroots conservatives have shown the Republicans the way year after year, election after election. And despite all that, they do not learn. In fact, Even though we put them in power, they have nothing but contempt for us. Nothing but contempt. The Democrat Party's negatives are through the roof because they embrace a very radical agenda. And it's not just a theoretical thing. It's a fact. The American people are suffering from Obamacare. They are suffering from Obamacare. I'm not talking about the people on the dole who get freebies. I'm not talking about Medicaid and welfare. I'm talking about the people who work in this country and pay all the damn bills and pay all the damn taxes. And now the Republicans are going to go back and demand more and call it tax cuts. The hardworking men and women of this country, Democrat, Republican, Independent, whether they care or don't care. The fact is the Democrat Party is a radical left European party. It is a full-blown progressive party. A socialist party where 45% of the Democrat primary voters voted for Bernie Sanders. An old red, an old left-wing Marxist red out of Vermont. The same usual communist pablum. Oh, you can call it social democracy. We all know where it comes from. Hegel, Marx, Engels, Rousseau. We know. We know more about it than his own followers. That party is radical left. The guy who ran in Virginia, this guy Northam, Ralph Northam, we never ever heard of. First he was for sanctuary cities, then he was against sanctuary cities. He was all over the map. You want to know why? Because they have a problem. They have to figure out how to get the support of the radical kook, Marxist left, violent mob, as well as the truck drivers and the electricians and the plumbers out there. And it's not an easy task if they're exposed by a united, focused, articulate, conservative Republican Party. The problem is when you have McCain and Flake and Collins and Murkowski and Corker and name them all. You're never going to have a united conservative front. You're just not. Because it's not one for all and all for one. It's man overboard. And the fact of the matter is, too many of these Republicans are all about themselves, making themselves greater, not America. And not just them, surrogates. On TV, on radio, with websites. It's all about them. Not the country. That's a fig leaf. That's a fig leaf. The Democrat Party is extremely vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. If we would only embrace our beliefs and our values and our principles, if we would only promote our institutions, if we would only articulate liberty and individualism and opportunity and wealth creation and job creation, And apply those principles, those beliefs, those values to everyday life. We know it can be done. I served for eight years in an administration where it was done. And enormously successful. If the Republicans had done what they campaigned on, they'd be in the catbird seat right now. But they don't believe in anything. They don't believe in anything. Anybody who you watch on TV, anybody who you hear on radio, anybody who you read in newspapers, magazines or on websites, who's telling you that this quote-unquote tax cut proposal that came out of the House of Representatives is in fact a tax cut proposal or a tax reform proposal or the greatest tax cuts in American history are lying through their teeth. They are deceiving you. And the consequence will be the election of Democrats from sea to shining sea. Because the people are right. They don't want their interest deductions capped. They don't want their property tax deductions capped. And why should they be? To feed an insatiable federal leviathan, a central government that is out of control? Nobody, nobody, Republican, Democrat, or in between, Nobody in Washington is talking about limiting spending. When's the last time you heard about capping the deficit or capping the debt? Never. Nobody wants to reform Social Security, which goes broke in less than 15 years. Nobody wants to reform Medicare, which goes broke in 15 years. Can't touch the third rail. Well, the third rail's going to touch us. There are ways to discuss these things. There are ways to present these things. And it's been done before. It's been done before. And it needs to be done again before it's too late. And what do I mean before it's too late? Before we turn into a fully completed, comprehensive socialist state. And we are close where fewer and fewer people are paying the bigger and bigger bills. And that's going to continue under the so-called Republican tax cut plan. Whether you're deceived by Democrats or Republicans, it doesn't matter. Deceit is deceit. Whether your taxes go up at the hands of the Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. Your taxes are going up. Whether the border remains open under Democrats or Republicans, it doesn't matter. The border remains open. If the military is underfunded under Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. The military is not properly funded. The opportunities that exist would be a classic battle of ideas. Not theories. Not abstractions, but real ideas. Between the left and the right. The left is set up for that battle. And is extremely vulnerable. We on the other hand. Rather than take them on. Engage them. Embrace half of what they propose. We defend it. We defend Obamacare. We defend the tax code. We defend DACA. We defend these things. While we pretend we don't. Ideas are bigger than politicians. Believe it or not. They're bigger than Donald Trump. They transcend politics. They transcend generations. And they're important. And You know what, ladies and gentlemen? Our ideas are superior. It is our ideas that created the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and it's their ideas that will destroy it. But if you don't believe these things and you're running for office or you're a so-called conservative media person on TV, radio, you run websites or newspapers or magazines or whatever, then the case is never made. The case is never made. There are great opportunities against the Democrat Party. The face of the Democrat Party today is Bernie Sanders. It's Elizabeth Warren. It's Keith Ellison. It's Chuck Schumer. These aren't mainstream Democrats. They're not mainstream anything. They're left-wing radicals. This is why they lie in their ads. This is why they lie in their news interviews. This is why they lie about everything. And it is up to us to expose them. So the three legs that are necessary to win are still the three legs. Fiscal conservatism, social conservatism, and traditional national security policies. It's not complicated. Apparently it is. I'll be right back. Much Levin. I don't believe I haven't taken any calls, Mr. Producer. How much time do we have? I love these montages. I love these montages. Well, look, I know all day you've been asked, what is your take on last night's election? So I've spent 90 minutes discussing my take. And I very much am interested in your input because, you know, my audience is not necessarily somebody else's audience. And I know many of you are very upset, very concerned, very frustrated. And this is the place to come, our national town hall meeting. And by the way, you don't have to agree with me. But uh, what I'm hoping is I don't get people calling up and just saying uh, what what they want to be the case rather than what they think the case is. I think most of us can agree that if the Republican Party doesn't get its act together and rather than move left, which I fear is its... Knee jerk reaction, but starts to move toward constitutionalism and individual liberty and all these other things that undergird everything we do, Uh, we're going to get whacked harder. My greatest fear is the Democrats take the House of Representatives and try to remove the President of the United States under the phoniest of pretexts. I'm quite concerned about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I shall return.
0: The one-man antidote for liberal media bias, Mark Levin. Call him now at
1: 877-381-3811. As we approach the one-year anniversary of the launch of CRTV, the nation's fastest-growing digital network, we're even more steadfast in our mission to provide you the most thought-provoking and patriotic TV platform available anywhere. This is why we work so hard to bring you almost 200 episodes of Levin TV each year. And you can watch them all, current and previous, with your incredibly affordable subscription to CRTV. You can also watch Phil Robertson's fantastic, completely unfiltered new show, In the Woods with Phil. If that's not enough, there's new features like the CRTV White House Brief, the Morning Grinders, the hilarious Get Off My Lawn. There's our buddy Steve Crowder, our dear friend Michelle Malkin, and more. Now, all these programs are in stunning high definition, 100% commercial free, and all available to you anytime, 24-7. It's time to start binge-watching programs you can feel good about. And you can start doing that today by signing up at CRTV.com. That's CRTV.com. Or give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Remember I told the the country, Mr. Producer, I had something uh, I wanted to inform them about, something big? We're not there yet. (laughs) So... I'm not teasing. We're not there yet. Honest to goodness, we're not there yet. All right, I made the mistake of not pulling up my uh, my phone screen here, Mr. Producer. What do we got? Who who can I speak to? Yeah, Bloomsbury, New Jersey. The great WABC. Joseph, go
8: yeah hey Mark uh, I am pretty bummed out about Virginia and the fact of the matter is I do kind of have the ugly feeling that just because of its population geography and its demographic changes that you noted have been going on since even the late 1990s when Bill Clinton was president, really that's that's exactly what happened to New York and California in the 80s and 90s and look what happened yep. to them and it's just and,
1: and Colorado, which happened in the uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s.
8: Yeah, Hello? yeah, and even now, uh, Colorado and New Mexico, we saw it when they went for Obama in 08, and, uh, Washington and Oregon, they, they've been completely blewed up since the late 90s as well.
1: Mm hmm. All right, Joseph, I appreciate your call, sir. Juliana, Reston, Virginia, the great WMAL, how are you?
9: Hi, sir. This is my first time calling you, so I'm a little nervous, but don't be. Don't be. <laughs> oh, thank you. I um, I'm a new fan of yours and of WMAL, and thank I am you. just, I wanted to call to just voice my depression as a Northern Virginian, because up until last night, I thought that, you know, we were a purple state and that there was some hope for us, and then after last night, it's just, it's just shattered, you know. And then you've got Mr. Uh, excuse me, Doctor Northam up there. You know, touting that we're not going to be bigots and we're not going to be divisive after he ran such a divisive campaign, and you've got uh, delegate, and a bigoted campaign. You know, the first transgender candidate that won. Her people are just so mean to anybody that disagrees. It's like the intolerance is just really hypocritical. And those are my thoughts. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
9: I just, I really am very sad because I'll keep voting because people died for my right to, but. But I just feel like my vote and my voice don't count at all. You know, whenever they talk about, well, all of Virginia has spoken. No, they haven't. You know, <laughs> I mm-hmm. spoke, but where did my vote end up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel.
1: I also want you to look into the uh, Convention of States activities. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. That's, it's, into- it's a real grassroots movement. Um, there's 12 states who have already adopted uh, resolutions to uh, have a convention of states, not a constitutional convention. The left insists on calling that. So-called conservative opponents insist on calling it that because they want to conjure up the image of uh, overthrowing the Constitution. Now, do I sound like somebody who wants to overthrow the Constitution? Heck no. Heck no. Okay, so it's called Convention of States. It's under Article 5 of the Convention, where well, there's two ways of amending the Constitution. And I've written a book with 11 reform amendments in there, which could really... I believe, help the country. And there, people have other ideas. There can never be a runaway, runaway convention because it still requires 38 state legislatures or conventions of states to ratify as it would under the normal, quote-unquote, uh, amendment process people think about. But the left is all worked up about it. There's another preposterous, idiotic piece and Esquire on their website attacking me and the whole notion that I want to replace James Madison. I don't want to replace James Madison. Unlike the left, I revere James Madison. I want you to look into that, though, because, uh, you know, we have people talking about leading movements, this movement, that movement. There's actually millions of people at the grassroots level, millions, two and a half million people who are involved in this movement, and I'd like you to check it out. Just go ahead and Google it, okay?
9: I definitely will. Thank you for giving me some hope as this Northern Virginian.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. I'm here, too. All right. Thanks a lot. Be well. Be well. Jack Mustang, Oklahoma. Sirius Satellite, how are you, sir? I am
4: just fine, Mark. First time caller. uh, I think you're probably one of the best constitutionalists out there. Um, Thank you. You know, way out here in Oklahoma, we really don't care much about Virginia politics, but I I just think that Gillespie just didn't go along with what Trump's trying to do. I understand there's a lot of people that don't like Donald Trump as a person or a personality, but his politics are trying to lead this country back to where it used to be. I know,
1: but Trump lost Virginia. And he also lost the Republican primary in Virginia to Rubio. So I'm not, I'm not buying into this argument. If Gillespie had run like Trump, he would have won. I don't think that's true.
4: And I, I agree because it's already fairly a, a Democratic, you know.
1: But, but also, but also we should be able to win some of these blue states, and we're not going to win it by people running like Trump, little Trumpettes out there. The way you're going to win these blue states is the way we used to win blue states, and that is with a number of successes when we're in power. We don't have a number of successes from Congress, do we? We haven't repealed Obamacare. So the issue wasn't a debate about Obamacare. We haven't really slashed taxes. Even the proposals coming out now, they're a joke. So we don't slash taxes. We haven't secured the border. We haven't done the things that we said we were going... And I don't mean you and me, you know what I mean. These people haven't done the things they said they were going to do. And that inures back into these states and local races. And uh, not in every case, but certainly in this case, I watched the Gillespie campaign. I hear all these conservatives on radio and TV now saying he ran a bad campaign. He ran as an establishment figure. I saw some website that was about to take credit for his victory, and then he lost, and then they trash him. Look, Gillespie ran a perfectly fine campaign. Uh, this This Democrat ran a horrible campaign. And we have to admit it. In in order to know what to do about these things, in order to fix them, in order to overcome them and beat the left, we have to admit these things. Gillespie is an establishment Republican, slightly right of center, fairly moderate. Uh, I mean, he ran against sanctuary cities. He ran on tax cuts. He ran pro-cop. He ran against MS-13. These are Trump issues. Uh, But... It wasn't enough. And there's a lot of reasons, as I explained earlier in the program, why it wasn't enough. The fact is the left turned out, the Democrats, in bigger numbers. Because they hate Trump. It's not because they liked this uh, candidate for governor. Also, you have these ethnic front groups who scare the hell out of people with different backgrounds and colors and so forth. There's all kinds of things going on on the radar and under the radar. And the best way to cut through all this stuff is stop lying to ourselves, stop pretending about things and get back to basics. And the basics are you gotta win the suburbs, you gotta win the blue collar communities. And the way you win the suburbs and the blue collar communities is, is, uh, advancing our principles and our belief systems and applying them to everyday activities. That's my, my opinion.
4: Honest, hard work. And yep. and get out there and be with the people that are for you. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's people out here that we we can barely make it. You know, I, I agree. The the tax cut they got coming, there's no tax cut for me and my family. Uh, we're we're lower middle class and we're not going to get any cut. If it is, it's going to be tiny. It's only right. because Oklahoma, you know, we don't get that much. You know power. the president's
1: successes, the, the 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 president's successes, which you and I and we celebrate, are successes that are conservative. When he gets uh, Gorsuch on the Supreme Court and uh, and gets other conservatives on the court, when he advances a conservative agenda, we we can all agree that that's very very successful. Congress is not advancing a conservative agenda; it simply is not. And as long as McConnell's there, and now I conclude, as long as Paul Ryan's there. It's not going to happen. When I watch Paul Ryan on one of these Sunday shows, sound like a leftist going on and on about class warfare, attacking quote-unquote the rich, I said, all right, he's done. That's it. That's it. The man's lost his way. He's been in Washington too long. All right, man, Jack, I appreciate your call, my friend. You, you be well. All right. The reason I'm talking and we're talking about this Virginia election so much is because of its potentially national ramifications. And I'm sure the wrong message the Republicans are going to take from it. Sean, Round Hill, Virginia, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, sir. How are you? Okay. How are you?
6: Not bad. I actually uh, met you in Panera Bread last week. Um,
1: met me and, in uh, Panera Bread. Don't tell everybody where it is, though. I'm not. I'm not. All right. All right.
6: <laughs> I, I didn't say where for for uh, on purpose. But, All right. Uh, Anyway, um, it was... Uh, the-
1: oh, I remember you. You're kind of the big guy. You were a Marine, maybe? Yes, sir. Okay, nice to meet you. Go ahead.
6: Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, on the on the Ed Gillespie, well, Virginia election side of things, um, you know, my, my feeling as a voter on that was, uh, particularly around Gillespie, you know, you were talking about Ryan and McConnell, and they've been there too long. Um, you know, I get the same sense about Gillespie. Uh, well, Gillespie
1: I- almost won last time around, remember? Yeah. But Four years ago, he almost had an upset victory. So, what changed?
6: Well, I think the voter base has changed. If I'm honest. Um,
1: certainly, a, certainly a portion of it, no question.
6: Absolutely, and you know, here in uh, in Virginia, I think there's a, a big undercurrent of you know Trump supporters, and um, you know, I think what what Gillespie failed to identify.
1: What uh, what? But what I'm telling you, my brother, is Trump lost Virginia, and he lost the Republican primary in Virginia to Rubio. And I know Trump's Trump voters, of which I am one, I wasn't in the primary, I wasn't in the general, seem to think they control the world. They don't control the world. And they don't control Virginia. And what I keep saying is, I don't talk about Trump voters, Cruz voters, these voters, that voters. What I keep talking about is we want to win and defeat the left, which we must do. And we're running out of time. We've got to appeal to people who are in the uh, blue-collar areas as well as the suburbs and the way you do it, is with old-fashioned conservative principles applied to things that people are are having to deal with, good, bad, and indifferent. You know, the country, here's the thing. If you listen to people on the left and the so-called right, you would think we're in a state of depression as a country economically. You would think everybody's collecting food stamps. You would think there are... There are, there are soup lines all across the country. You would think every business is closing. You would think every country's cleaning our clock. You would, that's not America. That's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. There are too many pockets in America which are depressed and so forth. And the way you deal with that is with a strong capitalist private sector agenda. But all of America is not a soup kitchen. Go ahead.
6: No, I just don't think that Gillespie tapped into what today's issues are for conservatives. You know, 4 years ago. I think that's
1: true. I agree with that.
6: And so I'm I'm not trying trying to tie him into or his failure and, and the into Democrats a of had a,
1: Trump- a, the Democrats had a much bigger turnout though. How do you explain that?
6: Well, I, I think you explain that with any kind of liberal turnout, you play to enough emotion with them, they'll get mad, and that's when they'll start yelling and they'll actually get to the ballot box. But I
1: mean it was much bigger than 2013, 4 years ago. Much bigger.
6: Yeah. Well, I think you can tie that to Trump. But I think you can also tie Gillespie's failure to turn out the voter count to – he just seems like another – he seems like a repeat of four years ago, eight years But,
1: Sean, ago. you have to admit, right before the election, everybody thought – or a lot of people thought, particularly on radio, that Gillespie would pull it off. Right? Remember?
6: Yeah, I think it was always going to be close, but I think when it came down... Uh, Okay, close.
1: He lost by nine points. So what I'm saying is if he ran such a lousy campaign, why weren't people saying that the day before the election? I don't know. Maybe Because they didn't think so. All right, man, don't get mad at me. I hope to see you again. Uh, I got a hard break. Take care. Sean's a good guy. We'll be right back. I messed up and I don't want to mess up. I want to correct it. Trump lost the general election. He won the primary in Virginia. It was 34.7% to Marco Rubio's 31.9%. That's why I love you and my audience. i got to be on my toes. But I want to be right. I want to be correct. I don't want to mess up and I want to thank you. You know, it's that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results you know when you're looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight with Captera. Captera.com. Whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software. You need software about Captera's got you covered. Search Captera, Captera's 400 categories of software. Discover the right tool for your business, anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and beyond. Capterra makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Capterra has thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. Best of all, using Capterra is absolutely free. 2018 will be here before you know it. So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do best. Now, what is this Capterra? Why is it important? Why can it help you? It's like the mothership. It's the hub of the wheel. And it helps you choose the right software for your nonprofit organization, like your church or some group or your business, small, medium, and large. It has reviews of the various types of software, including what they're used for. They do all this work. They gather all this information for you to make it easy for you to choose the right type of software that you need. And they do it for free. For free. So 218 will be here, 2018, before you know it. So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do better. Join the millions who use Capterra. That's Capterra. It's spelled like it sounds. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com. Slash Levin, L E V I N. That's Captera dot com slash Levin. What a wonderful, wonderful serve. Wonderful idea. Which I'd come up with it.
8: Eddie, Orange County, California, the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey Mark, here I go. Um very informative show tonight, Mark. Previous callers stole all my thunder when it comes to Virginia thing, but and I appreciate that, Mark. Last week you informed us, you told us, a, you broke down the tax reform for us. I want to thank you for that. I was like 85% happy, 15% unhappy. Then after to listening to you, Mark, I'm 15% happy and 85% want to know what the hell just went on, Mark. Amen. I, the left has views me as one of the most dangerous conservative Americans in this country. Why? Because I'm a conservative American who happens to be a black man with a library card, and I can read, too. Once again, thank God for the GED. Mark, the left doesn't know how to, how to deal with me, Mark. They're calling me Uncle Tom. That doesn't work anymore because if you do your research, Uncle Tom was a, was was all in the back of chips. Other than the black woman, like diamond and silk, Uncle Tom was the man. So stop calling me Uncle Tom because I already have a big head, and I don't need you adding on to it. Stop <laughs> embarrassing me. Stop embarrassing Embarrassing me, Mark, because I'm trying to show some humility over here. Mark, I am secure in my manhood, Mark, when I tell another man how much I love you. How much I love you. And I love you tremendously, Mark, even if they come and get me. But don't fear, because I'm surrounded by a bunch of Marines. I have no fear. Mark, say hello to Mother for me. Say hello to Dad. Say hello to the family. And always remember, Mark, I will always love you, my man. And God bless you, Mark, and may God continue to bless you. Eddie,
1: Eddie, the same to you, my man. The same to you. Eddie's been with me from the start. Love the guy.
2: for the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. <laughs> Do it.
3: Look,
2: look at me. Do it. I will
5: personally write you a campaign check
4: now on behalf of this country which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a
6: Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke.
7: Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown? D-
5: Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown.
9: But likely moderator but apparently believes that Donald Trump is a clown.
5: Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. (laughs) So
6: basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The
9: beginning of the end.
6: This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for for Donald Trump.
5: Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency.
4: The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room.
6: So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different
4: versions yeah, of the forecast
5: you can look at. Paul has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 15 to 38 in four-way race?
2: Clinton leading in Florida. Clinton leading in North Carolina. Clinton leading in
5: Ohio. Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Tur- Trump will not be president. And so right now,
6: Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say... You're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But,
3: but come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take
5: Ohio. That's the NM Project. Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win. Kentucky with Indiana with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota uh, with its three electoral votes. And South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three
7: electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you.
1: No, they're not. But they are hating. They are hating big time. I am Mark Levin, our number 877. 381-3811. 381-3811. I can't play these enough. 877 3811 year ago today, Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. And I'll tell you what's interesting. Mr. Producer can tell you, we've been through a lot of elections. And uh, I watched these incoming votes. And Mr. Producer, when you could see some of these states were close, what was I telling you? I said this son of a gun's gonna pull this thing off. Now this is hours before everybody, else because Hillary Clinton wasn't building up the numbers she needed to build up. Then who did we contact to come on the program so we could try and lock in the panhandle of Florida? The would-be vice president of the United States. Remember that? I said put the call out, get Pence on here. We can get the vote out in the in the panhandle. Trump's gonna win Florida. But when he won Pennsylvania, that was it. That was massive. And of course these people are stunned. You know how many of you are upset about what took place in Virginia? Multiply that by a thousand and that's how they felt. I want to hit a couple more issues, although we're not, we're not uh, leaving these particular issues. I've been quiet about this Rand Paul thing because I've been wanting to see more and more information, but I'll tell you, Without knowing all the details, um, there's really no no defense for this guy Renee Boucher, who assaulted Senator Paul, apparently in an appalling way. From the Daily Caller, Paul confirmed his injuries are more extensive than initially reported after his neighbor attacked him outside of his Kentucky home on Friday. Paul's neighbor, 59-year-old Renee Boucher assaulted Paul while he was mowing his lawn. The Kentucky Republican was initially thought to have broken five ribs and suffered contusions after being tackled to the ground. He has six broken ribs, and a new x-ray shows a plural... A what is an effusion? I don't even know. Now, this guy, 59, of Bowling Green who Kentucky State Police says assaulted the U.S. Senator at his residence, charged with one count of assault, um, is a leftist, if not a socialist. He's also an anesthesiologist. But, I mean, this is, this is amazing, and uh, it's quite appalling. I spent the late morning and early afternoon today at a hearing in Washington, D.C. I just quietly went into the hearing room. And it was an enormously impressive hearing on a subcommittee in the House of Representatives. And among those who testified as witnesses, I can't get into everything, but Dory Gold, Ambassador Dory Gold, who is a long-time, brilliant, solid representative of Israel very close to the current Prime Minister, as well as John Bolton, who's an old time friend of mine. We served in the Reagan administration together, and he needs no introduction. And there were others. And it was a committee hearing, and the chairman of this subcommittee is Ron DeSantis, Republican from Florida. Now, this Ron DeSantis is very, very solid, intelligent, Uh, strategic. And those of you who don't live in his district in Florida are unfamiliar with him, you really ought to become familiar with him. This is a rising star, in my humble opinion, in the Republican Party and the conservative movement, Ron DeSantis. And the hearing was on moving the American embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And I thought I knew a lot about this as I watched the hearing and listened. I learned a hell of a lot more. And the Republicans on the committee were outstanding. The government of Israel is located in Jerusalem. The Knesset is located in Jerusalem. The ambassador to Israel from the United States, just as his background, does most of his business with the government of Israel. As you would guess, he's the ambassador from the United States to Israel. There's no residence ambassador's residence, ambassador's office, in Jerusalem for our ambassador. He he stays at a hotel. It's not a secret because they even announced it at the hearing. He's at the King David Hotel. It's a wonderful hotel, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have the security that he needs. And as John Bolton said, I don't want to see another Benghazi here. Now, the United States has relations, as Jim Jordan pointed out, official relations with 188 countries out of 193. In every single instance, our embassy is in the capital as determined by the country. In every single instance, except Israel. And as Jim Jordan pointed out, Israel is our closest ally, or one of our closest allies. They defend us and support us in everything we do as we do them. And yet we don't put our embassy in Jerusalem where it's supposed to be because the Palestinians don't want it there. The embassy should be in East Jerusalem. Now, when I did my shows from Israel, which many of you really, really enjoyed, and they had enormous ratings, I explained, and my guest explains, East Jerusalem is where the holiest of the Jewish sites are. The holiest of the Jewish sites. The Palestinians claim that as theirs. And as Dory Gold said today during the hearing, These countries and the Palestinians, and I paraphrase, need to understand. This is our capital. It's going to always be our capital. It's not up for negotiation. And I hope they can digest this. But I'm not understanding why we won't move our embassy to Jerusalem. And now I'm concerned because... There's a law in place, ladies and gentlemen, that was passed 21, 22 years ago. It passed in the United States Senate by the vote of 93 to 5. It passed by unanimous voice vote in the House of Representatives. And that resolution, or I should say law, directed the movement of the American embassy to Jerusalem and every six months or so a president of the united states if he or she is not going to put our embassy in jerusalem has to sign a waiver and say it's not in our national security interest or so or such president trump campaigned on a promise that he was going to move our embassy from tel aviv to jerusalem the capital of jerusalem the working Historic, eternal capital of the Jewish people. And yet he already signed a waiver once, and it's coming up on December 1. And I want to read you this piece from the Washington Free Beacon, Adam Credo. The Trump administration is remaining quiet on when it will relocate the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem among growing calls from Congress for the administration to enact the policy President Trump repeatedly promised during the 2016 campaign according to multiple U.S. officials familiar with the matter. Now, this is part of the problem. You look at these elections. These Republicans and the President, they have to do what they said they would do. Officials from the White House National Security Council and State Department provided identical statements to the Free Beacon on Wednesday, saying there's no news to share on when the administration will relocate the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, Israel's capital city. The standstill comes despite renewed congressional interest in the issue, ahead of the December 1 deadline for Trump to either begin the process of moving the embassy or delay any action for another six months. While Trump vowed multiple times on the campaign trail to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, as one of his first acts in office, the president decided to formally delay the process As his administration pursues efforts to restart the Israel-Palestinian peace process. Let let me help the administration out. There will be no Israel-Palestinian peace. Because the Palestinians don't want peace. The Palestinians want a claim, a claim, a claim, a claim. Abbas is a terrorist. And he runs the so-called moderate ring, Fatah. There is no moderate wing. Of course, there's Hamas, which is now working with Iran and Hezbollah. Busy building tunnels. Oh, they're very, very busy with their little tunnels. Come on, come on, let's build our tunnels so we can kill people. I should also point out in East Jerusalem, enormously holy sites for Christians. For Christians, too. Um... Now, when the Jordanians controlled Jerusalem, and of course, Judea and Samaria, but I'm focused on Jerusalem, what did they do? When they controlled Jerusalem for 19 years, what did they do? They destroyed Jewish synagogues in Jerusalem. That's what they did, among other places. In Jerusalem today, I saw this with my two eyes, my own eyes. Muslims go to East Jerusalem. Christians go to East Jerusalem, Jews go to East Jerusalem. Everybody can go to East Jerusalem. Tell me, can Jews go to the Temple Mount and actually do more than sightsee? Can they pray there? No, they can't. Well, why is that? Because the Palestinians will riot. Why? And I can go on and on. My concern here is, ladies and gentlemen is whether or not the uh, President of the United States is going to uphold this campaign promise. It's an important campaign promise. And by the way, not just to Jews. You know, many secular Jews just don't give a damn. But many Jews do. But it's also for Christians. And also people of goodwill. People of goodwill, including people who voted for the President. I have no idea why he won't pull the trigger and move the embassy. He said he would. He said he would. Do any of you think that if the President of the United States does not, continues to take the position of not moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Israel, that the Palestinians will become peaceful? Do any of you believe that? Or as one of the witnesses or or DeSantis pointed out, for 22 years, has there been peace as a result of the United States not moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Of course not. It's truly bizarre. It really is. It's it's incredible to me. I hope the President of the United States, and on his own, there, there's no new law that has to be passed. No new law. doesn't have to confer with Congress. It is the law. It's already the law. The only person now standing in the way of moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is Donald Trump. He's the only one. I don't care what Tillerson thinks. He's no damn good, quite frankly, on many fronts. I don't care what the foreign policy establishment thinks. Understand what I'm saying. Congress doesn't have to do anything. Congress already did something. Overwhelmingly voted to move the embassy. The President of the United States. He either moves it or he obstructs it. It's black and white. Do I have to take a break here? Already? All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, so I'm trying to do this uh, during the break. Not successful. Alright, let's take a call here. Boom, 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 boom. Roger, Salt Lake City the Great K K A T go. Hey Mark, thanks for taking my call.
2: Um you bet. I just want to say you are exactly right. Um the uh election in Virginia was completely uh I would say mostly demographic. Uh blue swamp over there. Um the problem that uh the Republicans Are going to deal with now. The consultants are going to come in and try to help them fix them and bring them over to the center, bring them left of center with Medicaid, uh, expansion, with immigration, um, and so forth. And then, uh, the Democrats, and the Democrats have, are working on plans for, um, you know, Doing, doing exactly what happened there and changing the demographics of red states.
1: Yep. No, you're quite right. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. You're right on. We'll be right back.
10: Mark Levin. A champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at
1: 877-381-3811. Well, thank you, Mr. Vice President. Much appreciated. You know, friends, it's hard to believe that 2017 is almost over. Time doesn't stand still, so don't waste another minute. Join AMAC right now. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens Well, it's the leading conservative voice for Americans age 50 and up, and they are resolved to continue their mission to restore America's moral compass, to make America a better place for our children, and to save America from the left. As an AMAC member, you'll also gain access to a variety of exclusive benefits and discounts that will help you save a lot of money, from car insurance and Medicare plans to discounts on hotels and car rentals and more. AMAC is the organization to join. The voice for conservatives in Washington, exceptional benefits. I'm going to tell you, this is a, this is an organization you can really love. Join AMAC now at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. Or you can call their toll-free line, 888-262-2006. That's pretty simple. That's 888-262-2006. Really check them out. They have great discounts, great benefits. If you're a member of the AARP and you're one of us, you really need to ditch them and join AMAC. If you're a member of no such organization, please consider AMAC. In addition to the great benefits and discounts, they represent our conservative principles in Washington on behalf of people over 50, 50 and older. The Association of Mature American Citizens, the benefits are great. The cause is even greater. So join AMAC today. I think you should. Donald Trump was in South Korea. Now he's in China. And he is making excellent speeches, which is why you're only seeing a little bit of it on TV, even though these news outlets spend a fortune to send their overweight, uh, overpriced, pretend journalists over there. Yes. So here's Trump in Seoul, South Korea, overnight. Cut 11. Go. Go.
7: The world cannot tolerate the menace of a rogue regime that threatens with nuclear devastation. All responsible nations must join forces to isolate the brutal regime of North Korea, to deny it, and any form, any form of it, you cannot support, you cannot supply, you cannot accept We call on every nation, including China and Russia, to fully implement UN Security Council resolutions, downgrade diplomatic relations with the regime, and sever all ties of trade and technology. It is our responsibility and our duty to confront this danger together, because the longer we wait, the greater the danger grows. And the fewer the options become.
1: You know, the man speaks the truth about these matters. And he's not one of these code pink Republicans. I know he has said things that would suggest that he is, but he's not. He's not hiding from what's taking place in North Korea, as so many past administrations have. He's not hiding from what's taking place in Iran and so forth. He's not an isolationist. Just because he's not a rabid interventionist, which has never been a traditional conservative view of prudence when applying our principles to national uh, security and international affairs, I mean, he's doing things that, that have not been done and should be done. Cut 12, go.
7: I also have come here to this peninsula to deliver a message directly to the leader of the North Korean dictatorship. The weapons you are acquiring are not making you safer. They are putting your regime in grave danger. Every step you take down this dark path increases the peril you face. North Korea is not the paradise your grandfather envisioned. It is a hell that no person deserves. Yet despite every crime you have committed against God and man, you are ready to offer, and we will do that, we will offer a path to a much better future. It begins with an end to the aggression of your regime, a stop to your development of ballistic missiles, and complete, verifiable, and total denuclearization.
1: Now, this shouldn't be a pipe dream, after all. This this shouldn't be a pipe dream. That was a long-held position by our government, by the Chinese government, and the Korean government, which is exactly why South Korea surrendered 100 nuclear warheads that it had, ours, and we removed them. At the time, we removed them. Really, really. I mean, uh, the president has been outstanding on this trip, which is something the media will not acknowledge. I mean, the morning schmo, Mrs. Schmo, and all the freaks that sit around that. Where's Mark Halpern? Oops, am I not allowed to mention that? By the way, have you noticed there's no sexual harassment of any kind over at CNN? Is that possible? Is that possible? I noticed that CNN is kind of obsessed with what goes on with Fox. Jake Tapper can't stop tweeting about Bill O'Reilly. What's that? Is that a bromance one way? I don't know what that is. Or this little fat doughboy Brian Stetzler can't stop talking about Fox. It's weird. Very, very weird in my opinion. All right. Let us continue. Andy. Post Falls, Idaho, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Yeah, how are you doing, Mark?
10: Thank you for having okay.
1: me. Okay, thank you.
10: So, about last night, I I wasn't surprised personally. Um, just the culmination of the last year, watching the Republicans not get behind Trump, and in a lot of instances, offer more resistance to him than the Democrats have. I just think that the conservative voter is tired of this, um, voting essentially the same faces back in, you know, to repeat the same play we've been watching for the last. Eight nine years and uh, you know you've asked what was different from a couple of years ago. You had Barack Obama to hide behind, and it's easy to come out and say you know you fought for this and you stood up for that. Well, Barack's not in the way anymore, and now it's time to show some results. And we're not seeing it. Anything that Trump has done, it's been done you know mostly by executive order or anything that he's had a strong. Well, that's quite true. It's quite true. The Republicans haven't done anything to help offer anything up to him. So. Instead of going and voting for a, you know a Republican candidate that we know is lying to us, you know at least you know what you're getting on the other side of the Democrats because they're straight up and they're honest about what they want. And mm-hmm. at this point, I'm not sure how much of the difference there is between a congressional Republican and a congressional Democrat anymore.
1: Well, there are differences. Uh, You've pointed one of them out, but um, the problem is even though there are differences, there are differences uh, mostly in uh, technique, mostly in uh, rashness, if you will. And what I'm trying to say is the Republicans have become progressives. They have abandoned so much that is uh, in the Constitution and limited government, these things, they don't even talk about it, or if they do, they're throwaway lines. But the, the Democrats are aggressively, you know, uh, transforming America, whereas the Republicans go along when they're in power. They enshrine what the Democrats do. So the problem isn't that they're the same. The problem is nobody represents us.
10: Right, right. Yeah, the congressional Republican or quote-unquote conservative in government is not the same as your Republican uh, conservative voter. They're they're miles apart at this point. And a
1: a lot of them don't even claim to be conservatives anymore, do they?
10: No, it's a dirty word now. You know, they're embarrassed to say it. Um, you know they're going to get ridiculed, and yeah, you rarely ever hear it. So,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, all right, my friend. Good call. I appreciate it. Let's continue. Nick, Walla 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 Washington on the Mark Levin app. Go,
2: Mark. How are you
1: doing tonight? Very well, thank you.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I, yeah, I, your last caller kind of nailed it on the head. I think the the problem is that we conservatives are seen to be ignored really when it comes into our local or state apparatus, like Virginia I'm sure the, the party heads are probably mostly you know elite establishment types and I think that the same could be said for you know for well maybe not so much here in Washington but it's, it's getting that way I think we, we get too much obsessed about trying to find the right candidate to placate to the you know to the suburbans or we're ignoring the conservative rural base and I think it's turning off a lot of people and that's why the vote votes are uh, not as a uh, you know not what they should be you know, as far as you know voting participation.
1: Well, look, I, I agree with you and the the prior gentleman. Uh, we're abandoning these principles. We're abandoning the application of these principles to everyday life, and these principles cut across uh, professions. Um, uh, as I say, whether you're an electrician or a lawyer, they cut across geographical lines, suburbs versus. Uh, Versus blue-collar neighborhoods, and really, uh, that's the problem. Conservatism, its principles, well articulated and applied to modern events, this is the bridge between people, the bridge between uh, geographic areas. It is the glue that will hold society together. We've known how to do this in the past, but you know, when you have Republicans who abandon it, it becomes an impossibility. I
2: think the, the, the people, you know, just the common people like me. I think we just need to. We need to continue to fight and, 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 you know, take our power back because, you know, I I think when's enough going to be enough? I mean, I mean, mean, Washington never used to be this this, uh, leftist before. Look, look, look,
1: you have to understand something when you look at history. The left has a very, very high tolerance for your pain. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. You have a very high tolerance for your pain, my pain, and the pain of the people in this audience.
2: Yep. Agree.
1: Look at Obamacare. Look at it. They don't have a second thought about this monstrosity that they created under cover of darkness. They don't have a second thought about it. There are people in this country, there are people in my family and friends, but people in my family who cannot get insurance and refuse to go on Medicaid because there's no program being offered where they live. That is an outrage in America.
2: It is. It is not the america i grew
1: up in no all right my brother good call i appreciate it we'll be right back
3: Much
2: loving.
1: if you want to protect your home this holiday season please listen you know, my listeners now have early access to Simply Safe's biggest Black Friday sale ever. $200 off their holiday security system. This is a true bestseller. A 13-piece arsenal. Covers your whole home. If you want to protect your family, this should be how you do it. Simply Safe has made everything about security effortless. You barely lift a finger. You just order it online. It's delivered right to your door with free shipping. Takes less than an hour to set up. A ten-year-old can do this. Simply Safe has no long-term contract. There are no pushy sales guys. No hidden fees. You're protecting your whole house. Plus, Simply Safe's prices are honest and fair. Honest and fair. Fifteen bucks a month for best in industry, 24/7 alarm monitoring. With Simply Safe, you're never locked in. Visit simplysafemark.com right now to check out Simply Safe's special pre-holiday sale. Before it disappears on November 13th, that's simplysafemark.com for $200 off your system. simplysafemark.com. Now, since this is the last moments of the one year anniversary of the Trump victory that so offended the left and the media, I'm going to do this one more time, Mr. Producer. The three minute montage. You know which one I'm talking about? One more time, ladies and gentlemen, just to cheer you up. One year ago, tonight, go.
2: Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it.
3: (laughs) Do it. Look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a
4: campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. (laughs) Donald Trump has been saying that he will
6: run for president as a Republican, which is surprising, since I just assumed he was running as a joke.
7: <laughs> is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown? D- Donald Donald Trump is
5: a clown. And I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for
9: president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. The likely moderator yeah. but apparently, apparently believes that
5: Donald Trump is a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States. Exclamation point. At real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump. At least I will go down as a president. Let's so say basically this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end.
9: Beginning of the
6: end this is probably starting of the beginning of the end for for Donald Trump.
5: Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually
4: isn't the loudest one in the room.
6: So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions yeah, no, of the forecast he, he, you can look at. Poll
5: has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina,
2: Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh,
5: I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president.
2: And
6: so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun.
5: Let, let, come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's the I project. Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming
7: with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. <laughs> now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you.
1: And Pennsylvania. Every one of these big battleground states, one year ago tonight, he took every one of them. Florida, and he needed all of them. North Carolina, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was the dagger in the heart. Later, we would learn he won Michigan and Wisconsin. It's a big deal. His victory is its a remarkable victory when you consider everything, isn't it? An enormously historic victory. Whether you agree with him all the time or not isn't even my point. I'm talking about the election itself. Virtually every single poll and pollster got it wrong. Virtually every single so-called media expert got it wrong it wrong the Democrats were ready to party they figured they had a third term of Obama where they would finish fundamentally transforming America well not finished they're never finished but you know what I mean and they lost then they went after the electoral college now they're going after gerrymandering now they want to use amendment 25 now they want to impeach him a coup. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I know you wanted to hear and I wanted to talk with you, and I much appreciate it. God bless you.